Hi, uh, this is Mark Archer from Alternate. Hi, this is Ian from Dream Frequency. This is Slip Matt, and you're in turn to the On The Rave. On The Rave. On The Rave! Podcast. Watch your bass spins, I'm telling you. Ladies and gentlemen, guess who's back? Back again, just to cause bother and listen to a bunch of rave tracks. With guess who's Andy. back? Back again. Gavin's back. Tell a friend. <laughs> Hello, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, of the internet. Uh, I am the force-sensitive Mandalorian sibling child who was raised in, in, in Coruscant and then dragged away and hidden from the world. But Addy, why'd they have to call him Grogu? Gav! I'm not bothered about the name. It's just Star Wars. I'm your <laughs> beskin armor laying motherfucker stolen cowboy from a Starlock pit. <laughs> I'm Addy. And welcome once again to uh, a, a, a brand new episode of the On the oh, Rave. On the Rave! Ali, how's it going? It's been a while since we've it's, been in the same room. It is. It's been a while. This lockdown's been a bitch, but let's uh, we can move on from now. We can, yeah. So um, thanks for putting up with the lack of content. Um, obviously, it's been a stressful time for everyone with the lockdowns and stuff like that. But let's not talk about things that everyone fucking knows about. Indeed. Let's do what we're best at doing. Uh, First out the back, a bit of Reva's choice. Yeah, let's crack it on then. What we got? This week, Paul Blackout threatened that I would have to eat a whole jar of Vegemite if, uh, if I didn't pick his song, so I've got him in because Vegemite is the devil. It's fucking shite. Marmite all the way, baby. <laughs> but so- Paul, Paul's... Paul's picked an absolute banger. This is more to be rotten for myself. There we go, let's get it on all the way from Australia. But remember everyone, it doesn't exist.
Projects. He's got a uh, like a metal band project and he's got other stuff coming out under his own name. Uh, he actually had a track on the Good Morning Gabber album that's out that's still available and you can st- it's st- all the money still goes to charity. Amazing. There you go. Still learning all the way around. Um, Addy, guess what? I've got a guest. We've actually got a guest. We've managed to convince someone to come all the way out to spend Fika. Uh, you uh, and it's not Pat. You might hear Pat in the background wagging his tail on. Yeah, things. if you hear a thud, it's it's the studio dog now, Patrick, and he's excitable and his tail's wagging and hitting the uh, hitting the table that we're using. He hasn't seen a lot of people in a while, so everything makes him excited. We bought him a sausage roll to try and calm him down, I but mean, that went that went quickly. Yeah, he's he's adamant he's got a cameo at some point, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's, like, he's, whoop, he's got a cameo account, and uh, you'll do your birthday and wedding wishes via Bark. Yeah, he only charges the same amount as The Undertaker, you know. It's 20 uh, grand a pop. Yeah, well, 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 yeah. 800 quid. 800 quid to have The it's Undertaker speak to you for 30 seconds. Like, <laughs> Sam, but Annie, do you want to introduce the guest that we've got over today? This is Mr. Andrew Metcalf, a.k.a. Benny Hell, the king of the moon base. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. It's Benny Hells naked in the lobby of your house if you want. <laughs> How are you doing, Benny? I'm sound as a pound, chap. Sound as you use. Oh, we we are good. We are good. We're a lot. We're a lot better now that we're back to doing this sort of thing. Like one room in, I'm fucking. It's delicious as fuck. Like. Ready to go. Ready to go. Yes. Um, sound well for the uninitiated. Do you want to explain to everyone a little bit about what you do in the world of music? Um. I'm a very kind of low-rent DJ who had aspirations of being a DJ, but I tend to buy a lot of my records from car boot sales, <laughs> um, which kind of brings together quite an eclectic mix of tunes, so 
you'll find everything from like Slayer to Miley Cyrus on meat mixes. Um, so I like to think I'm a bit of a train spotter and I don't know. I'd I, I like to say I have a wide range of uh, music, wide knowledge of music. We used to do a party called Moonbase. <laughs> we did. I grew up on a farm and we did a. We, we, t- we cleaned one of our sheds out, it was full of cow muck. And uh, we spent about two months cleaning the muck out, and we used to just have like daft little parties there. But a place next to Burnhope where we live, um, there's like a big aerial on the on the top of the hill, and there's like um, everybody used to call that the moon base, so that's how we that's oh, what we named right. it after. Um, and there were very kind of low key affairs our parties that we used to have, but there was one year. Um, after talking to a few of the lads from Newcastle, they were like, oh, well, we'll come through and have a party. And it was a weekend when my mum and dad was away on holiday. And um, around tea time, there's like a camper van turns up. Oh, he's got the deck set up, got a little generator set up. Oh, great. And then there's like another car came through and then another car and then another car. And the place was absolutely round. Huh. And uh, we ended up having to take the, the whole setup down the fields because there was too much noise going on on the farm. And uh, <laughs> we had the priest there in the end. After... They drove around for about four miles trying to find the party because they couldn't work out where it was at. They could just hear the echo of the thunder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's the only way you can find the party, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Get the postcode, write it on bus, get yeah. off and go around. Let's find it. Obviously, we've been on many, many shows together in Newcastle and, and obviously down in Leeds with Indeed. our friends Paul Weeks. Indeed, I missed them. <laughs> the car boot hell mixes going left, right and centre, filth and, and the like. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, I missed them. Um, Filth was an especially good night afterwards. Yes, uh, I, lo- I loved that club in Newcastle, the Key Club. It had lo- such a lush sound system and such a nice place to DJ. It was so luxurious. I know. <laughs> and now it's full of strippers. Oh, well, at least well, it's gone up. That and Bass Generator, they bought Bass Generator Records in the Key Club next door, and it's, what is it, Blue Velvet in town now? Is that what it is? That's now? what it is, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. There's like, it's one, one, one type of memory place. to a completely different type of memory, yeah. What about bass generator? Did you know that the record when it shut, there was like was there like a um, accelerator at the bottom leading like into a, like a gully or something? Like a like you know like um, I'm trying to think what the word is. You know where they had that raven ooze burn? Yes. A culvert, that's what I mean. yeah. that's the word I'm trying to think of. Was there like a culvert at the bottom of the stairs? Because somebody reckons when that shut, they just dumped all the rubbish in this culvert. And I thought, oh, there would have been so much kind of there was, stuff there was there. like a, a, you want to go dig through the bags oh, I'd love there to. was a room <laughs> in the back but as far as I know when he went down the stairs there was another room behind it and the toilet but that's as far as it went uh, were you allowed in the inner reaches yes Addy was in there thumbing all pies as normal like sounds well that's a good little intro into, into what's going on but uh, let's crack on and uh, get some of these sections of the podcast asked so why not why not so we're a little bit rusty you'll have to bear with us yeah, uh, we're, I'm we're pretty sure I'm pretty sure that the first section that we always talk about is early influences that's so, right so who played the music in the house who were your early influences and what sort of music do you remember from from the wee days well, we're, we're certainly not a musical family, our family, and it's, that's a tradition. Join us, join us, join us in the not musical <laughs> families. Fuck you, if I've got to listen to another shit record by George Ezra, I'll go fucking. Oh, I don't get started on that. That fucking beige glitter, that twat, fucking hate the life out of him. Beige glitter? Aye, uh, because that's the most boring thing, most boring pop thing I can think of. 
Like, I'm a pop star, but I'm fucking beige. Beige as fuck. So it's as pointless as beige glitter. Wow. He's a twat. I'm having to listen to Metro Radio on the way into work on the morning and it's just so boring, it's so mind numbing, it's horrible. Yeah. And just the crack of Steve and Karen, like, kind of, <laughs> I tell you, it is, they're getting, whatever they're paying them to, it's like far too much, like, it's just. <laughs> it would be Metro Radio to have a fucking Karen on in the morning. Yeah, a proper Karen. I bet you that really wakes you up on the train <laughs> on the way to fucking work. Oh, um, dull. But yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely not a musical family. Like I say, I grew up on a farm, my dad's a farmer, my mum's a housewife. Um, but I, when I was thinking, one of the big kind of influences I think when I, when we first got like a video, we used to tape top the pops every week, or at least my dad used to tape top the pops every week. And kind of, we used to just have these kind of like three hour loops of like, you know, these previous shows just kind oh, of, no. just well, in the background. We were, I was talking about this the other day with Coops, and it was just like, when you used to tape things. Everything. Just just like, oh, I'll tape the top ten, listen to it. Why? Why? Because there was nothing else. That's what it is. There was nothing else. Why was thinking back? Why did I do that? Because I had an out, and that was that was a yeah. way, a free way of doing stuff. Yeah, that's it. If there was somebody that you liked, like an artist, or they're going to play their video like this Friday on Channel Four, like if you didn't tape it or if you didn't see it, yeah, you, you wouldn't see it, it again. And like, like until YouTube came along, but you like, just watch anything I, ever. It's like mounds of stuff I've scrolled back through, and like. Oh, like I never thought I would see that program again. Like I've watched it back, and I'm like, you know, I haven't really missed anything over the years. But like, it, it, without wanting to sound too much like an old bastard, <laughs> you're like, you are kind of spoiled now, aren't you? Oh, like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely spoiled. I'm, I'm part of on on Facebook of this uh, Nassim Bluton group where just like Nassim uh, Bluton train spot has just like posted the lad yesterday that posted this fucking. Australian fucking treadmill advert that goes on for like, like infomercial for two minutes with all the uh, the samples, the samples from treadmill on. I was like, ah, oh, that's it's fucking amazing. That like, and on YouTube, do you know how many likes and dislikes it had? Um, not many. Absolutely zero. <laughs> I was the first like that that fucking things had. God. Did it have many views then? I, I'm not sure. I didn't look at the views, but it was like. It's like no likes, no no thumbs up, no thumbs down. It's like I'm putting, I'm being the first me, like I'm getting straight in there. Could have went in the comments and write first, like how most people do. do you, were, you, were you one of those households that had the videotape that got taped over all the time, but also the permanent videotape? Oh, we well, yeah. the, the, the plastic the, boxes. You knock the tap, you knock the thing off the bottom, so no one else, and then someone else would come along with some gaffer tape, and then then they can record over. I think the one tape we had like that was um, we used to do like a pantomime but I was school every year and there used to be like dead quirky as well they weren't, weren't just like oh you know like Snow White and Seven Dwarfs they did like um, Aladdin one year but our head teacher he wrote in like a part where Aladdin turned into Steve Crown who then turned into Superman and stuff like that so there used to be like all kind of like weird characters in but uh, they you had, have Steve Crown's tiny shorts on they had Steve Crown <laughs> yeah, I think he donated something I don't know if it was like it might have been his shorts you know or his vest, and uh, they must have wrote off to him when he donated it. But the, um, they had like a part with Russell Grant in the famous uh, astrologer, and uh, he actually came to our school and they, they filmed it for Breakfast TV. So that was one of the few tapes that, that we had where um, Clear do, not tape, yeah, tape do, over, do not tape Yeah, do not actually tape Russell Grant was there. I was, uh, also heard a, a, a terrible rumour that uh, Steve Crabb was really We Are Say Jack. <laughs> I made up that rumour the other week, like, but uh, it, it is a rumour. Gotta watch for these rumours you're making up, lad, you'll get in a bother. <laughs> no, you won't. Come round to Steve Crab, I'll take him. He's not his fat fast now. 
yeah, we had a few of those videos that you weren't allowed to take over. It's funny the memories that bring you back in these like hard plastic cases. Yes, or uh, the, the fancy ones, the ones that look the like a ones. book from yeah. the outside yeah. with the, the gold, gold leaf on the top. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. With a little like sticker on it. In a little, in a little plinth, remember you get five of them. Yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah. like, right, these are the shit ones. He has the good ones. <laughs> and it's funny the things you remember was on those tapes because... One of the tapes was New Faces 88. <laughs> now, you've got to wonder, loads of people who are listening will be like, what the fuck is New Faces? And New Faces is equivalently like the 80s version of like Britain's Got Talent uh, or something like that. But on this tape you had, uh, is it Neil Morrissey? Who went on to be in Men Behaving Badly and all of that. Uh, doing a really terrible impression of John Lennon. Um, but yeah, it's funny the way you, funny yeah, the way you brain like, memories like that. I had one which I think was Survivor Series, 91 or 92. Oh. Uh, debut for The Undertaker. Survivor Series written, spelt wrongly on the outside. That was always like, that's a good one. That like, I'll keep that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 1990. Because progress will never be anything past VHS. No, nah, nah. I tell you, it's just when I think about that, when you're on about the Neil Morrissey thing, if it, and I can't find it on YouTube, but if you can ever find... Uh, Michael Barrymore doing I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy you just have, <laughs> you have to see because I guarantee you, your, toenail, your toes will just be curled up for like the next six months it's so like does he do like a really white middle aged man version it's of horrible. the rapping he, he did I don't know what the programme was that he was doing it was, something was it before or after the, the death I think before just before, before <laughs> pool surely surely it couldn't <laughs> be afterwards point, yeah. surely that's the worst <laughs> bad taste ever yeah. it's like oh, I'll be missing you after I'm sure we sort of you with some cucumbers, <laughs> but I'll, I'll be missing you. <laughs> Poor boy. Him, it'll either be I'll be fisting you or I'll be drinking <laughs> you. Probably, like, to be fair. Uh, no, I can't remember what the programme was, but he did like this thing where he was singing every week, and it was like, he, I know he did Lighthouse Family Lifted, which <laughs> he managed to make even worse. And like, But like, he was such a bad singer, but honestly, it's. And like I said, I think it's been erased from history because I can't find it anywhere on YouTube. Like. I was going to say, I was just about to start looking for it. Because <laughs> I need to see that. While Addy's digging through to go and find bits and pieces like that, then let's talk a little bit about some of the artists you remember from these tapes. So who do you remember from your, uh, from the tapes of uh, Top of the Pops, apart from Jimmy Found Fallon? it! <laughs> <laughs> there will be a link in the comments. Go and watch it. We don't recommend it, but go and watch it. We would de- I'm definitely putting uh, a link up to date even before the show comes out <laughs> uh, there'll be a link up there because you'll you've been missing the On The Rain podcast it'll haunt your dreams mate <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think because like when we first got a video it was like the early 80s and I think I wouldn't say it was an especially good time for music but um, the variety of stuff that used to get in the charts back then the Billy Mad kind of comedy records and kids records with like you know, like, well, you don't get those comedy records. Yeah. You know, you're never gonna get another no. spitting image. Well, you wouldn't in the charts anyway. You wouldn't get in the charts. No, no. It? It's a whole separate genre these days. I thought the modern equivalents, like the is it the Coney Island or Lonely Island and stuff like that. Yeah, but even then, they don't reach the charts. And spitting no, image got no, number one. No. Uh, Star Trekking was number one. Aye. You know, and that's the that's the thing. You, you would never ever get that now. Like I see, yeah. not especially good records, but like oh, at least yeah. Mr. Blobby. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Blobby. I remember like 1984, there was like stuff like Alexis Sale and um, Neil out the young ones and then the year after the young ones and Cliff Richard and like things like that. Loads of money. Loads of money, aye. Yeah. Um, but like, like, like I say, it was a bit of everything. You would have like weird kids records and comedy records and you would have like maybe like a disco record and maybe like 
a rock record and things like that and now it's just kind of all the same it's just all metal radio <laughs> music just all just the bland. generic fucking American George Ezra I'm looking right at you you could <laughs> and that kind of um, sort of like cod kind of um, dance that dun 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 yeah dun, that beat very that's EDM just, shit the only kind of beat you hear on the radio now like. oh, the, that's another one of those acoustic cuts Ed Sheeran did it aye he did that one the other year and then, then everyone just went I, I know that aye. beat I can do that like Horrible. Why, why come up with something new? We're going to you can recycle the shite that's already in the charts. That's it. Not that we're pessimistic about the music these days, ladies and gentlemen. We all do really seriously love music, just not the shit that they farm out on fucking Metro FM. No. Um, so, so, of all of these early influences, are you going somewhere else first? No, I was going to say what. So, one that especially stood out, um, and like I say, kind of going back to like things being weird, like comedy-ish. I would always be kind of drawn to things that weren't like kind of oh I love you so and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Something you know, like uh, I went, love the way you touched your ear like you were <laughs> in the studio covering one. It went on straight, straight to boys to men singing on drink. <laughs> he did. I drifted off him, won't there, lads? I was in a different world. <laughs> or maybe a bone stumps and harmony. <laughs> oh, we hit the crossroads, crossroads, crossroads. Can be lonely. Yeah, something like that. It always makes. Who were those cuts? That there was like twenty five in the band that covered that. Oh. Fucking hell, the ones that flipped reversed it. Yeah. I can't remember what oh, song it was. It wasn't so solid, was it? No, no, no. no. Yeah. It, was, it was that era, though. But there was oh, millions yeah. of them. Millions of them. There was. Massive ban. That's going to hurt me head. Maybe once you've uh, told her this story, we'll try and Google it and we'll give you that, uh, give you all a little... Blazing Squad. That's yes. the fucker. There we go. There we go. That wasn't even a pause, ladies and gentlemen. That was just me brain farting and landing in the <laughs> I didn't even have the chance to flip on YouTube. Didn't even have the chance to open Safari there, did yeah. you? I just I flipped it open and Michael Barrymore met us, <laughs> met my eyes and what? He wasn't closing that tab, ladies no. and gentlemen. That one's being no, kept that's getting saved forever. That's getting saved for the pause. He's going to put that on his watch later list on YouTube. Why? But um, a tune that really kind of felt like and like those things like Herbie Hancock's Rocket and stuff like um, oh, Mount McLaren's Buffalo Girls yeah. and things like that. So you kind of seeing little bits of that on top of the pops. But one of the ones that really kind of stood out where it was kind of like non-music was the art of noise close to the edit which has got like a sample of like a car starting up at the, at the start and like just like loads of like kind of mad noises and it's one of those tunes where my mum would be like oh it's horrible like, okay, that's, that's not, not, that's that's not, not music. music no exactly um, so that which kind of reinforced things a little bit so yes um, if you don't like it it obviously is good right <laughs> so yeah that was a big one that stood out for me and I, I, I bought that single uh, when I was about nine or ten year old, and I actually ended up buying the album as well. And with the album, there came like a um, because there were it was made up of like uh, like producers like Trevor Horn and people like that, and like ve- like fairly accomplished musicians. They yeah. weren't like people doing it in the bedroom. These were yeah. um, people that had a bit of pedigree about them, but um, but they tried to keep things fairly faceless, and like they never really showed their faces on top of the pops or like in the videos and stuff. Uh, and like a big thing of their sort of whole image was like these kind of theatre masks and inside the record sleeve of the album was there uh, like this cut out and paste kind of theatre mask thing Aye. and I remember at school had like an Easter bonnet competition uh, and we all made these Easter bonnets and stuff and like the local paper came around and took photos for like the Evil Chronicle or Let Go or whatever it was so all, we're all kind of posing there with our Easter bonnets and I'd had this mask cut out as well, so I stood there with my mask, 
And um, I've still got the picture in the house over there. <laughs> the 10-year-old me with me, Art of Noise, uh, mask on and me step on it. Like, so. Getting straight in there. I was a nerdy kid even back then. <laughs> <laughs> Sound, well, let's just crack the tune on. So coming all the way out of uh, 1984, uh, let's get a little bit of Art of Noise on.
close to the edit uh, from all the way back in 1984 <gasps> yeah one year one year with a, with a gav in the world oh because uh, I was all 1983s and that on ZTT records if you want to dig back that far that far <laughs> so what's next gav number two uh, number two is uh, memory finding your own feet finding your own feet so after the music that was played in the house after rinsing the tapes um, of uh or Grey Whistle Test, or bits and pieces like that. What did you dig out for yourself when you first went digging, or what music did you pull up when you first started going on your own musical journey, juxtaposed to the one that was enforced on you by your non-musical farming parents? Uh, well, like we've said, there wasn't a lot to kind of... There wasn't a lot of roots into being able to listen to music back then, apart from like the radio and the a couple of music programmes that were on, but uh, there was a programme on... Radio 1 on a Friday night called The Big Beat, hosted by Jeff Young. And that was like, kind of like a precursor to like Pete Tong's show that came in 1991. Ah. And it was like one of the few programmes that was like playing house music, which was just kind of coming out then. Um, and like a lot of hip hop and stuff. A lot of, back like in the late 80s, a lot of the kind of dance music was just like sort of soul music and yeah. Jackie Graham and David Grant and things like that. But... The odd kind of, uh, as the 80s went on, they were sort of slipping the odd kind of acid house tune in and playing like a lot of DMC mixes and things like yes. that. Um, so that was like a good place to find tunes. And like, as I was getting a little bit older and having pocket money, that's where I was kind of buying the old and DMC at the time were just doing loads of edits of other things, weren't they? Very much. Yeah. And, and I remember going into it, what was the... Was it Steel Wheels that yeah, it used to yeah, be? But yeah. it was the one that was the other side of High Bridge yeah. on the corner. Mm-hmm. Going in there, they just had their own DMC thing where you would go in and have like dodgy DMC remixes and fucking various char tunes and the like. I, I, I mean, it was like a big organisation, DMC, but I, I don't know. Speaking of DMC, the championships were last night. Was it last night? Was it? Um, I forgot about it because I'd read about it in the Metro paper and they were free online last night to watch. You can watch it. Class. Oh, but it started at six o'clock last night, and I was at work, and I was just like totally blank. Yeah, and then I watched the Mandalorian in the match, and then yeah. totally forgot about it all. Well, I mean, like I say, it was like a kind of it seemed to be like a general uh, organization even back then. But like, I don't think that asked. I don't think they necessarily asked permission when they did these. Remixes, no, no, very much not. And then they just kind of put them out, and like it was like a big thing where you pay like a subscription to get the record sent every week. And like one of the first geezers that I used to like DJ with when I. It was like 16, I used to um, kind of help out DJing at a hotel down at Neville's Cross at Durham called uh, Red Hills Hotel. And that was like the big highlight every month when the DMCs came through the post and they were like, oh, yeah. And, and like, this was like early early 90s. Um, and there were some great mixes, like, you know, it was like, like I say, it was a highlight, a lot of those. Um, so yeah, Jeff Young was playing a lot of that kind of stuff. And as well as just buying records from Woolworths, I did start going through Newcastle and like, 
the Metro Centre and even Blaine used to have a good shop. Um, I think it was called it the Hitbox or something like that. I remember a record shop in Blaine. I can't remember what it was called though. I remember and, a record shop there though. And the records were dirt cheap. Like it, it used to get like a lot of promos and pre-releases and it used to be like a quid. And my auntie used to take us there and like if she bought me 10 records it'd be like oh I couldn't wait to get them home. Yeah. Like, so that was like a big thing then. So like I say he was playing a lot of hip-hop and a lot of um, house music and one of the big ones that used that got rinsed out in 1989 on the Jeff Young show was Twin Hypes, Duke of the Crowd, which I remember getting the bus to the Metro Centre on my own for and buying it in our price, I think. Oh. For what I would say was the astronomical sum of three ninety nine. Oh, no, that, that's a lot back in the day. Was I was going to have a one ninety nine guest there, little one ninety nine punt, but no, nah, that was a canny I, bit. I, like I really wanted that tune. So that's well. a canny bit back in the I day. I wonder how you'd equate that these days. Three ninety nine back then, like that. Yeah, that's a good twenty quid record these days, is it? Probably. Yeah. yeah. That was. The, I mean, that was like a. I mean, I think seven inches around that time would probably be about one pound fifty. So yeah, yeah, three ninety nine. I mean. Uh, a little bit later, I remember shopping at Hitsville at Newcastle, which is um, where the... Oh, the yes, I used to go... Upstairs. Yes. And there used to be two ninety nine there, and like that was like 91, 90, yeah, 91, and that was like a good price to have 2 You could shop there all day, really. Yeah. I mean, so. the 7 inches are two ninety nine. Yeah. I can this is 12 inches? 12 inches. Yeah. Domestic 12 inches. I can remember when I was first like collecting, we were just saying, that, like, I, I, I collected a bit, and I'd buy lots of uh, old school 7 inches, and they'd come with the 99 pence Woolworth sticker still ah, on. Oh, yeah. Um, like people had been into Woolies and then eventually sold off their full collections and you'd picked up the, the bits and pieces of 99p records. Like, um, I don't remember going into Woolies and buying stuff like that myself because my memories of Woolies is pick and mix and tiny pop. Like, yeah, Woolies used to have a bag, especially the Woolies at the Metro Centre, I used to have a bag and selection of records and pick, pick and mix, actually. They had a massive pick and mix. <laughs> you got then, sperm data in there? Yeah, you got sperm data. No one were allowed from there. I don't know how the fuck it got there, but that's where it came from. Gotta wonder who's buying that, it. It also had, still had the sticker on. The <laughs> sticker, aye. It was a weird shop, though. Uh, Woolworths, they couldn't really make their minds of what kind of shop it was going to be. No, no, I was just like, oh, we'll, we'll sell this, we'll sell this. This is what it be. Actually, it's still open in Australia. There's still a Woolworths there. It's still... Is it? Yeah, yeah, they do it. It's not like the Woolworths that they'll have, yeah, but they've got a Woolworths. It's yeah. like a general, it's a bit like home bargains, yeah, or something. something like that. Not not quite home bargains, a bit like an upmarket home bargains, <laughs> I, th- I think. Coops, if I'm wrong, because you have told us a few times, but I'm just fucking forgetful as fuck. Uh, let us know. No, like, a lot of sh- uh, like, um, loads of shops used to sell records back then, like all your supermarkets used to sell, like Asda and stuff. Used uh, to well, like Asda, don't do now. Jumping on the boundary, I just right. like go in and you can buy a copy of fucking Queen's album on vinyl. <laughs> or George Ezra, uh, George Ezra. Oh, God. <laughs> I live in Baker. They definitely do not have records in the Metro Center. Metro definitely has uh, vinyl. And so does uh, Gates Heads Tesco. So it's got a vinyl selection. Uh, what that massive Tesco? Oh, that's got a vinyl I like selection. That in the back. Tesco. It's, it's got, got a... three racks. Three racks of two. Yeah. Just like, but it's very much like Junk. classics. Oh, Classic. Yeah. Classic rock or Pink, Pink Floyd. Nothing Queen. new. People that bought a turntable or got given a turntable for Christmas say, Oh, I just need need to relive me my youth. Like, you know, and I'll go out and get status quo's greatest hits oh. on vinyl. <laughs> that could have bought the card with you for a pun. <laughs> for a pun, but I'll pay fifteen quid to Tesco's because it's new. But like Boots and uh, W. Smith's all used to sell records and that which seemed like Boots especially, that seems mad now. No, when they only do just cosmetics things and fucking sandwiches. Chemicals and sandwiches, don't they? Uh, and cosmetics. 
Yeah. If you listen to Boots, bring back the meal deal on a Monday. That, that was fucking that got me through fucking <laughs> so long. One pun savage meal deal on a Monday. Bring it back, Boots. I reckon there's loads of people out there who would just go in a Boots and buy themselves. Oh, on a Monday, on a Monday, taking a tuna sony. I just go in every Monday. It's like full full meal. Monday. And somewhere else was doing it at the time as well. We digress from fucking rape music <laughs> into uh, <laughs> confectionery on a Monday. So twin, 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 crowd, so. <laughs> Bring so, it on. <laughs> Here we come, walking down the street. Hey, mate, what are you fucking stupid? It's a fucking crowd out there. Don't worry about it. Get get down. Shake your butt to this groove. King's on the cuss, you can't lose. Ripping up the wax, taking out the wax. Keep the weak asleep, then he goes for a playback. Whoa, oh, here it comes another rainy day. King calls the storm press record and play. For your chance to dance, get up and boogaloo. He's so dope. They even had it on S-H-A-M-E-E-K, my definition for dance. Comprende? Back to back, side to side, and on your lap. You suckers taking notes, did you get that? There goes another Wait, DJ trying to catch a match. What should me play? Another sucker biting dust when the king is in the mood. Now you're inside, then stay inside. Let your body glide as the record slides. The meat's gonna burn the wax. Play it back if you ask. He cut off tracks to the crowd. The meat's gonna let go just to see how low can you go. Musical wizard on the verge of being dope. Steady spins with the lyrics. Twins roll, getting down, never clowning around. Any sound had you doing it. James Brown cut executive, cutting consecutive seconds to make twin hype hit records. He's number one, and this I vow to me. Do it to the crowd. Shameek in effect on the DJ set, coming correct on stage, ripping up wax, non-believers, go ahead, access crowd, and they'll declare that, King Shameek, go ahead, tear that, wreck it up, don't stop till the needle splits, just look at the crowd he pulls, my boy is getting as the record rotates, he persists to look great from state to state. No bore, where's the encore? King Shamik, hip hop connoisseur. Yo, the time is now. King Shamik, yeah. just do it to the. Yeah, stop, stop, stop. 
like this. Sandwiches. People don't always come here for the rave. They come so, for the shit. For, for the sandwich. Yeah, they come for the sandwich. You know what I mean? They're all in. They want, they want to hear stories about what Woolworths used to be like. Yeah. yeah. And uh, where where you used to be able to get one pound sandwich meal deals from in town. Well, that's it, yeah. A one pound sandwich these days in town. That was a sandwich meal deal, so we got sandwich pop out of buying crisps. You see, we're even talking about it now. We've come back in and we're still on the scrum tip. <laughs> Let's crack on. With this musical podcast and talk about something musical and something really musical. And close to our hearts. And close to everyone. I heart. wish we could go to a rave right now. Oh, so this is yeah. first rave fucking memories. Yeah. So, do you remember the very first rave that you ever went to? And, like everyone else, is your memory maybe slightly hazy or sediment? Um... It's hazy because it was such a long time ago, yeah. Oh, it's because of because of time, not because, because of, of time. substance. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. When we were about eighteen, we started going to rock shots on a Friday night. Oh, bang! It was great. Um, great nights. Nights ended up on the floor outside of rock shots because you've just been so sideways. <laughs> Synonymous with the rave scene in Newcastle. Absolutely. Uh, Select the scene. We're still waiting for that list. <laughs> by the way. Selector Collins' list is basically going to be 10 different Madonna songs because he sits in the house by himself listening to Madonna. Does not listen to Rave in the house? <sighs> although, although I saw, actually saw Selector say a few weeks ago. I went and bought an amplifier off him because I decided it was time to post, like, dust off the old speakers and introduce my last to like big surround sound speakers. She's terrified of uh, making too much noise because she likes to shout at the neighbours for being noisy. But we've just got some speakers and I was standing, standing talking to him and he was going on about how butthurt he was about Res. Yeah. Um, because he'd been asked to go and play this Res that we got asked to go and play that turned into a speed dating event. Yes. That was um, a new year thing and we just dropped. Yeah, yeah. And he was going on last about year, this Last year. Last year, yeah. Uh, last uh, year, yeah. The upstairs and yes. spoons. Yeah. All right, yeah. The ch- that changed from being a Res event to a speed dating event. Or something like yeah, that. I went from race to like, oh, you can come along as long as you just play some fucking like uh, 70s, it, was, it turned into 70s, 80s, 90s. And I was like, well, you know what? I hope it goes well for you. But this is then, the it, then, it got, then it got changed into a uh, speed date event. Right? Yeah. 
So we jumped ship early enough to not have been bothered um, by everything that went on. But it was okay. Colin rode the coattails all the way. <laughs> like, what did he go? Uh, he nearly, nearly went. He turned up on the day and was like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> Colin, Colin and he's not in a max end, just... He was just like, what the, what the fuck is this? This isn't a res. How dare you lean on the name of the res to try and get people like me, Selector C, the king of fucking Wigan Pier, uh, to get in there. But yeah, we digress. Colin's, yeah. a, good, Colin's a good man. But he will, he will eventually come on, but it'll, 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 it'll end yeah. up being a Madonna special. Oh, well, well I don't worry. We'll we'll live. Live. I can live with that. A bit of magic in <laughs> your fudge. Uh, yeah, so uh, rock shots... Uh, Started out where like three or four of us used to go every Friday night, and um, it was one of those things where we were kind of enthused about it with our friends. And like by the end, like about six months later, there was about 16 of us used to go through every Friday night. And it was just, and kind of when you speak to a lot of people my age, everybody seemed to have gone to rock shots on yeah, Friday yeah. night. It was like, such we a did it every thing. other one because I didn't like the softer, the softer yeah. one week was softer, and then one week Colin was on. <laughs> so Colin was always the, the, the harder of the two two nights. We say that, that we must have been going before then because uh, Selector C wasn't even on. Oh then. right, so that was a like, bit later. It was when like DJ Diane and um, Tosh and Destroy and TNT used to be on. And TNT used to be the one that used to play the hard stuff. Yeah. Then, like, um, but bit of Charlie Lowry's Metal Theo. Aye, stuff like that. Aye. So they were great nights. Just. Used to come with your ears ringing the next morning and stuff, and absolutely fantastic. But that wasn't really like a proper rave, and like the first proper rave we went to was the um, Judgment Day Four, I think, at uh, the Mayfair with the uh, the Prodigy. Yeah, that was. Speaking of regular New Year's, I couldn't hear for three days after that gig. Like <laughs> that was about like um, when we first went into the Mayfair. As you used to go in, you were kind of on like a mezzanine floor, and you were looking down on the, the, like, dance, the floor. dance floor. And it was pitch black and just like a million kind of um, light sticks. And it just, it kind of felt like a sort of textbook kind of yeah. rave. Like this is what a rave's going to be. Glow sticks and bucket hats. Fantastic. <laughs> um, and one of the big things that stuck out for that night is Keith Flint came on stage in like a big the ball. plastic ball. Like hamster a big hamster ball. ball. What it would be now would went in the crowd. Oh, like a Zorb. Yeah. Years and years before uh, Zorb. Yeah, it was thing. well before Zorb. Prodigy invented the Zorb. Pass it on. That, that night also Cole Cox was on playing just Gava, proper Gava Cole Cox set I did unbelievable still the one I've never seen I've never seen a Carl Cox never seen him live uh, very much times, and he played Gava both times I think. Oh, very much one of those ones that uh, I listen to on SoundCloud because some of his mixes that are up on SoundCloud it's just, it just oh, dirty dirty well this was dirty at the time I wasn't into Gabba massively but that it was the hardest set I've ever heard at that time that was just like fucking Carl Cox is bagging and still is yeah he's a monster on the scene isn't he what really I remember about the Carl Cox thing was uh, being on the dance floor down below and like I'm not exaggerating it I honestly felt like the floor was going to cave in because <laughs> honestly you could really feel it like, like a just like bouncing mine it was mental but the other big thing when the prodigy was on stage some kid in the white t-shirt got up on stage and he just started like offering the crowd on and like he's kind of like, fucking come on then, come on. And he must have been on stage for about five minutes before like anybody he got took off. And like uh, Maxim and stuff was like kind of kind of winding him up a little bit with the microphone. But just this kid off his face, just fucking come on. <laughs> that was one of the big things that sticks out from my life. Absolutely on a trip to Guernsey. Uh, like. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that was a great night. So 
going back where we had little parties not long after that we had another little party in around the farm with with decks and stuff and we had tons of like rock shots like what was that kind of italian house sort of like pretty cheesy kind of things and like uh after a trip to base area we bought like, a few more harder things and like the rock shots things kind of got pushed to one side and started playing like getting more into like the kind of like Excel. base generatory kind of yeah. uh, bouncy kind of stuff so that was like a bit, a bit of a shift there like but um one record that really stood out from rock shots and kind of going back to the prodigy thing was the uh weather experience top was remix right. what uh, a tune and from officially the greatest prodigy record ever as experience. we all know the experience because it is the best you just gonna all fuck right off if you did disagree. Have a fight in the comments if you disagree. I want to see loads of emojis of fists and flexing. Um, you can't, but you'll still all be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it about this particular remix? I mean, weather experience is just a fucking weather phenomenal tune, but what is it about the Top Buzz remix that made you pick that? Uh, I remember hearing this at Rock Shots, and it was one of those tunes where I mean, I used to do a fair bit of like leaning over the DJ booth and kind of trying to get the title playing. It's like that, yeah. No, yeah. No, you can't see. Yeah. Can't see. That's what I call the Shamma B tactic. He'd like he'd get as close as he could during old Rollie's things, and he'd be like, you know, he would pick his nose, but what he's doing is he's peering to see what's written on the little white sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this must have been a pre-release because all I could see was the actual Prodigy logo. Spin. Yeah. But then kind of when the uh, the kit bit came in. I'm like, right, right. Well, but this isn't on the album this like, so I thought this must be, be going to get released. And then ironically, I used to listen to Weir FM, which was another big kind of influence as well, like leading on like after uh, listening to the Jeffy Owen stuff, the early 90s. And I think it's kind of, um, it's a bit underrated. It doesn't get talked about so much now. It's Weir a FM. banging, banging remix. And Weir FM, R.I.P. Howie, by the way, I am. Aye, aye. But then... Um, I mean, every night used to be good, like uh, Friday night, Smokey Joe used to be on. Who used to, you know, when you were talking about the back the back of Bass Generator, yeah. that was his shop. Was right it? at the back, that was before Rave and Jungle were all together. So you used to go to Bass Generator, turn left. Yeah. And that was that part. But in the door there, um, ah. in the early days that you went through there, it was like drum and bass and hip hop. And it was like, that was the Smokey Joe. Smokey Joe's little bit. Yeah, we should get in touch with Joe. Joe, do you want to come and sit down and have a crack on? To be fair, I did get you and Smokey Joe in a headlock uh, last September to try and encourage you to get to get on the podcast. Like. But um, oh, sorry, it's not Smokey Joe, Smoking Joe. And there was it. I'm gonna have to. No. I'm gonna have to double check. Right, right while while Addy double checks, why don't we What's get it? a little bit of Prodigy? So the top played artist on the podcast. Nearly everyone picks a Prodigy tune. Um, uh, easily, easily the top played artist. And as you said, this is weather experience, but it's the top version. Yes.
and in accordance, that is the superior remix of the Prodigy's Weather Experience for From the greatest Prodigy album, No Demand Experience. <laughs> and as I said, uh, just Prodigy, the most the most played artist that we've done on this podcast, like, and fair fucking play for it. Uh, you've got to love a little bit of Prodigy and a massive, massive serving of XL Records because Absolutely. they are just they are just the tits. Everyone's got XL in their fucking bag. Absolutely, everyone's got XL in their bag. Those XL albums were great. Where like they did one, two. Ooh, it was only up to four, and they did the the best of what they put out that year on it. Oh, and like a lot of like Belgian stuff that they hadn't put out as well. Like just just because it was good. Yeah, little hit bits and pieces. A lot like the reactivate albums as well. Like they oh, they were time. Fucking so, such good albums. Like we could well, do a whole show probably sitting just talking about XL records and bits and pieces like maybe that's one thing we're going to look at doing now that we're, now we're back to doing bits and pieces um, and speaking about things that we could get back to doing I think everyone out there really 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 could do with a good fucking rave and me in particular I could do with a nice trip out to a fucking festival to go and just get it all fucking working so let's crack on and roll into section 4 which is festival fever so do you like a bit of a festival? Have you been to many? Have you been to many big events? I haven't been to many. And the two that I've been to, I've been to with Addy as well. Oh, yes. When we got dressed up as Goldie-looking chain, <laughs> that we made ourselves Moldy-looking stain. <laughs> <laughs> well, instead of, uh, instead of a VW badges round our necks, we just had plugs <laughs> from the bath. <laughs> Get in. Like a, like a little uh, sort of washing. Homage. Those pictures are available somewhere. They're definitely yeah, not mine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was two mental weekends. Um, just, just seeing daft things that like, not even so much the bands, but just like people that you saw walking about. Oh, it was just a bit of an eye opener. So, you know, sometimes it's the neighbours that give you the most fun, isn't it? That was fun. It was fun. It was fun weekends. Those ones. Benny had the smallest tent I'd ever seen in my fucking life. Then he stayed in for a whole week. It was like I had fucking... the biggest one the year before, though. <laughs> I had like marquee the first year, and then just like this little kind of tube. The one next man year. tent. How do you get in that when you're fucking pissed? Normally you upgrade your tents as you get your festival experience. You know, you, you start off with a smaller tent. Next year you're like, fuck that, I need more room. Get yourself a bigger tent. I don't care that it says it's for man. Me and my airbed and my bag will just fit in that perfect. But you went backwards. Uh, yeah, I went backwards. I downsized. I went minimal. <laughs> uh, next season now you'll be going in one of those tubes that are for cats to run through you know what I mean you'll just get one leg in it but at least your right knee will be dry um, so what do you remember apart from the neighbours of these festivals like what is it we saw some good bands we saw Aphex Twin it's the only time I've seen him right. playing a fairly hard set I remember and people were like I like Empire that was like another thing where some kid was trying to like create a bit of a mosh pit and he was just doing everybody's heads in. He's kind of like banging into everybody and stuff. And like, I really wanted to spark him out. But that's not kind of festival friendly, that. So I ended up jumping on his back and I was just kind of like crushing him until he kind of gave in. And he just kind of Putting him in while you want to paint my sleep on all Yeah. Like, until he's out. So I thought that was like a peaceful way of doing things like. But yeah, so the bands don't really stand out that much. It was more kind of the festival. Um, I remember everybody chucking bottles at 50 Cent when he played his set. Aye. Um, which festival was this at? Leeds. Yeah, Leeds. Oh, dear. We, got see, we went to see too many DJs that night as well. You did. I, I had a win to go to ah, do. You, you missed a fucking bag of nights. I, I came, came down on Thursday, I think, and I had to go back on Wednesday, on Saturday morning, to do somebody's wedding disco. 
and they'd come back on the Sunday morning. Oh dear me. <laughs> so I was good. Was that what was that a sketchy wedding disco or were you in good nick? Pass. <laughs> I'd have rather been watching two ADJs put it on. <laughs> I can imagine. Tremendous set that night as well, like absolutely tremendous. They had loads of like furniture at one stage yeah. and stuff, didn't they? I think they're quite underrated. I, I oh, love two many DJs. Uh, not by us. We love two uh, many DJs. We've seen them loads of times. Was it, the, the, was it the year after or the year after that? Because I saw like four years in a row where they had their own bartenders on stage and they were just like making cocktails and handing them out to the drink. The thing is, like right, right before the end, they were just building. They just filled the whole of the front of the stage with just festival cup. Yeah. Your plastic festival pint cup. Yeah. And just went around with bottles of vodka, just filling these fucking pint glasses up. And I got one of those pint glasses. No mixer. Straight Pure vodka. vodka. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, but I fucking finished that bottle, that fucking pint of vodka. Oh. I said, like, there's no way I've been given this by you fucking last at the start. From two minutes, yes, I'm fucking drinking this. Like, this is all getting done. I was hammered on the way back to that tent yeah, I that, that, that journey home took at least twice as long as what it should do. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what I remember uh, telling people when they were like do you like festivals do you like like all kind of camping out and like all that kind of stuff I said, oh that's great you can like you can drink vodka at like 9 o'clock in the morning and stuff and I thought well that's not you know that's probably going down the wrong route there but I did like the kind of freedom of uh, festivals that I thought it was fun you've got to get something on, on, on in the morning like to take the the edge off yeah, yeah last yeah. night. That's the that's the thing. It's the, it's the whole deal with festivals. You wake up and you get back upon this because if you don't get back upon this, you'll be in bed and you'll miss it. You'll miss it yeah. all. The fiala will fucking come and take you in the oh, night, and you'll be ringing a taxi all the way fucking home. Hello, <laughs> hello, blue <laughs> light, bring us <laughs> home. Come get us, please. Where you lead? <laughs> that first year when, when we went down the. Um, when everybody was packing it up, it was just like Vietnam because everybody was just setting the tents and stuff on fire and like the oh, gas yeah. bottles and stuff. And uh, the night before that, there'd been riots, hadn't there? Oh, yeah. They'd push like a... Um, All the poles over and that. The uh, poles and like um, cherry pickers and stuff like that being uh, pushed over. Leeds was, was synonymous for, on the last night too. Chaos. Leeds, Leeds riots. Yeah, yeah. Chaos. Always yeah. Leeds riot on the last one. I don't think it, that it happened so much anymore, but back in the day, it definitely... With well, enough vodka, I can give you the Herculean strength needed to tip over a cherry pick, probably. Yeah. So, well, it was just a, f- a field full of people pushing it over. It wasn't like one or two. It was just like, yeah. right, we're pushing it over. Come on, then. <laughs> this is why everyone packed up their tents on the Saturday, and knowing that the riots were going to happen, and just be like, yeah, Sunday right. afternoon, pack up your tent, go back in, come back and sleep in the car. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Or find the one sober person who's sober enough to drive you back while you sleep it off in the get back. The, get the fuck out of Dodge while it's still good. Yeah. Before you, before the car gets fucking crushed underneath some, it, like, some, of that, some of that fucking fencing, yeah. I remember um, just as we were about to bugger off on on one year, and you were sticking Gabber on and seven because you were saying right we've got to go before so we miss the traffic and stuff, and setting Gabber away like at seven o'clock in the morning like loud as out and like just everybody just fuck off, oh, turn it down, fuck off. <laughs> it's like yes, fuck you, get up. <laughs> We're we're up. We're getting up off our fucking thing. We're getting out of here, like yeah, that's it. That's what the Geordies are known for, though. Getting up and getting straight on it, or still being on it at seven o'clock in the morning. Getting back from whichever little corner of Glastonbury you've been in at seven o'clock, and all of the people coming out of the tents going, right. "Yeah, Geordie, shut up, up. shut you, up." We do with your megaphone, man. Stop shouting. People are trying to sleep. Hello, boys. <laughs> Screaming down the megaphone at them. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, Good so, times. And, and also, I remember um, John Peel kind of saving. Oh, team. yeah, on that first night. First night, I bought some really cheap batteries 
and we had like CD player and CDs ready to go, put them in and just cheap batteries just weren't going to power the CD like so like ah. What's the fucking radio on? Job John Peel played fucking Oh, we've got a set from uh, DJ producer. Yes. Fucking mint. John Peel saved the rave first night, just banging it out. Nah. I still remember putting John Peel on randomly one day and being like, and we've got a set now from Bumra and just being like, yes, didn't expect that. That'll but he was the daddy of all the different genres, wasn't he? Like, he was. He just played a bit of everything. Like, John Peel was a, a, a good uh, output for the rave scene. Very much like Stephen Curry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Don't tarnish the good name of John Peel with, so, it, with your Karen. Uh, getting away from John Peel and the Gava, what track did you actually pick for your Festival Fever? Well, I've picked one that's probably got nothing to do with any bands that I've ever seen, but it just, I think it's a very, it kind of sums up summer and it kind of makes me think of festivals. It's a tune I'd seen on a Guinness advert. Um, which was on a Guinness advert? Well, it doesn't use this track exactly, but it uses like a lot of things about, it, it's, they re-recorded it and the Guinness advert uses like lots of things about statistics uh-huh. and it's like like this percentage of strippers were catholic and things like that and i thought that was a really good tune at the time but then when i heard the original i thought oh, it's a belter tune that and like i say it, it's kind of it makes you think of the first weekend of summer so this is my festival track and it is arab strap the first big weekend so that was the first big weekend of the summer starts thursday as usual with a canteen quiz and again, no one wins a big cash prize. Later, I do my sound bloke routine by approaching Gina's new boyfriend to say that he shouldn't feel there's any animosity between us, and then I even go and make peace with her. Shouldn't have bothered. Then on Friday night, we went through the arches. car going so someone had to get the train. We got through quite late and we went to a pub to take the gear. There was no problems getting in, we saw others waiting in the front of the queue so we skipped in. It was a good night, everyone was nutted and I ended up dancing with some blonde girl. I thought she had been quite pretty until last night when Matthew informed me she had in fact been a pig. We wandered the streets for a while until we got to this 24 hour cafe. I didn't like look at it, so we left and got a taxi back to Morag's flat. I couldn't sleep, so I sat about drinking someone else's strawberry tonic wine and tried to keep everyone else up. Then we walked through the woods to have a look at the tomb. It was a 
Good year for music 96. It was very good year. Uh, good year for yeah. music 96. Very much like tyres. Good year. Oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake. Like, go away with your dad jokes, man. You know what? I'm getting old. Oh, dear me. I, I can't believe I actually shot you the look as if to say, What's that all about? Oh, dear me. Tell her, I haven't been talking to anyone but the cats for fucking months and months of lockdown. <laughs> yeah. In any case, let's crack on and get on to my favourite section of the podcast, which is section five, when we talk about shared discoveries. So, as we were just discussing, people who are musically inclined like to share their music and Indeed. like people to listen to the music that they're listening to, where where the sharing type, and I understand that you've got an artist that you'd like to share with everyone, so how did you discover them? What is it about them that you think everyone else should be listening um, we've just had a thumb through Spotify and they really don't have a mega amount of views so everyone should get on Spotify and have a look at them um, but go on tell a little bit about them absolutely well uh, I used to spend a fair bit of time in Ernest in the Oosburn right lush, lush bar lovely bar bang and breakfast in a lovely area as well love the Oosburn all together um, and there was a lass who used to work there who we used to speak to and everything. But then a couple of months later, we'd seen her in Narc magazine, not realising that she was like made music and stuff. So, right. um, also, she's local as well. Lo- well, she's I think she's from Derbyshire, but she is she does live Stuart. locally. Um, 
No, I think she's. I think she's up for good now, like. But I think she's a kind of honorary Georgian. Oh, you right. don't need a lot. You don't need a lot of Newcastle to want to stay here all the time. No, right, exactly. Well, who no. would want to leave? Well, that's it. Um. So uh, after talking to her and like listening to a bit of her music, um, she she kind of makes like folk music, but in with an electronic kind of slant to it, so, and does a lot of kind of. Um, sampling a voice and like layers and things like that, especially on the first album, um, and it's really it's it's certainly not lowest common denominator music. It's certainly somewhere that's thought right. I'm going to make this type of music. Do it for the love, rather exactly, than the money. Yeah, yeah. Um, not me, you, Stephen Karen, with you. So play <laughs> some of this. No, definitely not. I'm, no, that's dis- what you want to hear on a morning on on metal radio, though, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. No disrespect to Jane, but it's never going to get played on metal radio. Like, um, <laughs> probably more inclined to someone like Keris Matthews on a Sunday. Indeed, she well, play that sort of thing, wouldn't she? Keris Matthews was on metal. <laughs> on six, Keris Matthews was on metal. I'd be listening to it a whole lot more. But she does that lovely, su- that lovely Sunday morning show, when she speaks very, very softly and plays music from all around the world. You should just be a Mulder and Scully all the time. I wish you would, because I dig a bit of Mulder and Scully. The best pronunciation of that Mulder and Scully and, ever. And fake nipples. Sorry, so tangent. Again, we digress again. We digress again. <laughs> Boot sandwiches. There was an interview with her that I was reading, just because I'm, like, just because I, I absorb all of the news that I can about everything. And I was reading an interview about her saying that she was talking about being jealous of the Spice Girls and going out and buying fake nipples, cool. right, to wear under her jumper in the video for Mulder and Scully because people were more likely to buy the record if there was something about her that was appealing so she could get more blokes to buy her records by having fake nipples. So all the way through that video, when you watch the video, they're not her nipples. They're little plastic things underneath like the Spice Girls. You could make a fortune on eBay with them. You could. Kenneth Matthews fake nipples. Well, I I, I feel cheated now. I I knew I didn't like that tune that much. I knew it was subconsciously. Um, Uh, Yeah, so back to music then. So Well, uh, on a similar thing, talking about Kenneth Matthews, um, Jane had played um, a little festival at the Clooney last year. They had like a weekend of like local bands and like kind of small independent bands, and had been covered on Six Music. And Tom Robinson had had uh, gone through a few of the artists that were playing, and the one that really stood out was um, Jane, who was Me Lost Me's uh, track. It wasn't this one, um, but he said it was something that John Peel would have really loved. It would have really kind of fitted in on his program. Which I think is like a big kind of accolade there. Yeah, very much so. Coming full circle with the John Peel band now, with uh, Tom Robinson's his son, isn't it? No, uh, no, Tom Robinson's who did that tune. Two, four, six, eight, more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tom, oh, Tom Ravencroft's Raven, Raven son. son. Yeah. There but, you go. Um, Too many Toms. But yeah, Tom, Robinson's Tom Robinson is also on Six Music. Ah, there we go. Um, so, yeah, it's just, like I say, it's like a niche thing. It's... Um, just sticking to your guns and doing something original. I, I, could, I couldn't even say... I did used to describe her as the Delia Derbyshire of um, uh, Oosburn, but I think that's kind of... I, I think it's even a bit more original than that, really. Yeah, well, we um, just gave it a look full, and it's very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Um, it very much seems like something that you could put on, put your headphones on, close your eyes, and just drift off. It's what I like to refer to. Is the whole album very much the same, or is it that's, that... Track in particular, it's very, it's pretty much an instrumental. That a lot of her tunes are like folk music. I think was, I think she writes a lot of original tunes in a folk style. Uh-huh. There's possibly ones that uh, like traditional ones that she's sung. I'm not sure. And to be honest, 
I'm not a person that digs deep into lyrics. I don't really kind of say, oh, it's so meaningful. I kind of just like <laughs> hear the music. So words don't mean a lot to me, but I'm sure she's saying something very profound in a lot of the tunes. Um, the first album's very, like I say, a lot of uh, sampling and building things up. And it's very much a DIY album. Mm. Um, and if you listen, I was saying to Gav before, it's very kind of claustrophobic, like the way the, the sound is, and I think that's, in a way, it's kind of uneasy listening. But the, the, and she's just released a new album, which I think's a bit more kind of confident. I don't want to say polished, because I think that will kind of take away from it. It's not Beyonce, you know what I mean? But I think it's a bit more <laughs> kind of... Um, she's worked with a few more collaborators on that one, so... Just probably less confident, but more like finding her niche yeah like finding her feet and finding yeah. her style which is what what second and third albums are all about yeah. isn't it this is what i'm about now i'll hone me craft and i'll put out something a little bit better yeah. sound well as we discovered she's on our spotify um uh, you search for me lost me, me. lost me and me lost me and there's a few albums with the stuff on spotify uh, really doesn't have a lot of listens so you should all hop yourselves over Get to on. spotify give her a like thumbs up and yeah. she also um, supported Maximo Park the other week at um, Gosford Racecourse. No, you fucking So I think she's on, the, she's on she's the, the cusp of success, I think. You heard it here first, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Letting it, letting it, letting it all out. But uh, let's get a little bit of Me Lost Me on in the name of the tunes. Eyes and O's.
was Me Lost Me and Eyes and O's, which I thoroughly enjoyed there. Big shout out to Jane. Amazing. From the album Arcadia from 2018. And as I said, you can see that all over Spotify. So crack on uh, and give it a listen. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. And guess what? What's that card? He's only gone and used his wild card. <laughs> We thought it was lost. We thought and it was found. We thought back. it was left in the hills of Lindisfarne, but no, <laughs> no. it's back. Uh, there's new batteries in the Rave Horn, and Addy's finally got his knuckles it's back, back wrapped it's around back. it. It's back. Uh, but it's that time in the podcast where we've had the wild card used for the shared discovery section. So you've picked another artist that you want to share with everyone. Absolutely. So who is it you've picked for your wild card track? It's none other than the Fresh Prince of Seacroft. <laughs> Our old friend Weeksy getting removal from Amazing. We've roadman, he's a roadman. <laughs> we've we've played Gibson removal before. And I've known Weeksy for years. Friend of the show, raver of the show, uh, also aka uh, MC Doctor Strange. <laughs> and uh, part with uh, Chris Excellent. as uh, an extrament with me. Uh, various records on um, fucking kill out. Hot, kill out and the hard he- hard of hearing with by DJ Freak. There we go. He's got a history. He's, he's got, got a history, all right. And if you want to get some fruit and veg down in Tesco's and Leeds, he's the right to speak to. Get him. What is it about this track apart from being from someone who you know? What is it about this track that made you think that the on the radio listeners would love to get a look for? I think he's just. Um, there's just such a good sense of humour in his records and it's a bit like if you like I kind of think the same thing about Cunt and the Gang Cunt and the Gang's records yes. are so catchy catchy yeah. he should be writing jingles for adverts and stuff like that yeah. and like I say I wasn't really I don't really pay that much attention to the lyrics but kind of I like listening to like Weeks' tune when he would play one the first time I think ah that's really good that and I'd be kind of singing it to myself and like I'd I sort of like decode it as I'm like kind of replaying the back one mm-hmm. in my head. So, um, another person that's not trying to be somebody he's not, he's like, he raps with a Leeds accent. He's not like he's trying to be American or anything like that. So. Ron Seal is what I always refer to it, man. Like, there's no point in being from Newcastle or being from Leeds and rapping about fucking guns, bitches, and Viking. Yeah. You know what I mean? You rap about what you know about. So, you know, like that, that that's one of the things you love. And now because you've said cunt of the gang, I'm not gonna be able to not think of gentlemen's wash all day the day. <laughs> I had it in my head. Do 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 just such good tune. The gentleman's wash. In case there is a chance that you might get a gosh. Yes, as well as listening to Weeksy's album go and listen to Cunt of the Gang. Yeah. Do you have bangers? If you've never heard them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amazing tunes. Yeah, some some really fucking hilarious tunes. He looks like uh, big cook, little cook. He definitely he does. <laughs> <laughs> he does like big cook, little cook. More the little cook. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, he definitely does. And he saved uh, saved one band face that we went to on the Sunday by playing in the. He did in the Queen Vic. In the Queen Vic. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely saved it. Just fucking just came and played to a load of crusty ravers. Yeah. And it was it was amazing. And he like he had, it was the first time I'd ever heard of him, and he had me in fucking stitches. Oh, uh, I was in absolute stitches. Um, so everybody go upstairs and into the sink and have yourself a gentleman's wash <laughs> while we'll listen to a little bit of the Gipton removals 
Uh, and the tune you picked is Back to the Noise. Going back to the noise with the next episode. A new millennium with zeros. Now Y2K, what did you say? We're gonna party like it's your birthday with the internet and online porn sex and the city. Get your free home watching Peep Show. But where is the love, Michael Barrymore? In her tub, David playing in a glass box and Madonna and Britney Snog. Now can you smell what the rock is cooking? Shannon Matthews kept them looking like all after that. That ring and a stingray kills fever in the twin towers 9-11 Jay Goody went to heaven I believe in a thing called love and the cleaner's gonna mash it up 2000 2001 2002 2003 2004 2005. So let's go with the flow. The note is 2000. Get toxic and shave your head. Michael Jackson was found dead. Met me, got a rehab, but I said no. Madeline McCann, where did she go? You are now live on Big Brother. Stand under my umbrella. Tom was my friend on MySpace, but then everyone left to Facebook because they could build a farm. Most wanted man was Bin Laden. Lindsay Lohan got arrested. Barack Obama elected, give me the like, no smoking's banned Harold Shipman killed your grandma, she's gone cold I'm wondering why, fix up, look shy, Mr. Brightside 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010 I'll tell you what I've got to say The noughties was the best decade Does that make me crazy? Possibly All I wanna do is take your money I'm a celebrity, get me out of here Go on The Apprentice and get a curry I predict a right cause I dreamed a dream Oh my's coming, I heard them scream Bend it like Beckham with a free kick I made a mistake, said nasty Nick Like the invasion of Iraq Ali G, Booyaka, Shaq All about girls, search on Google Hashtag, get on YouTube like the Sopranos finale I've taken you on a journey The last good decade I won't lie You are the weakest link Goodbye 2000 2001 2002 2003 2004 2005 2006 2007 2008 2009, 2010. Section six of the On The Rave podcast is the moment when I ask my compatriot, who today is sitting once again to my left, to set the scene. Addy. A field many, many years ago, we'll go back to festival fever. I would unzip my tent and come out and Benny would be in the smallest tent known to man. He would unzip it and caterpillar his way out across the floor, pull on his pants we had to do. Obviously he was butt naked in the lobby of the house. Caterpillar out, get his pants on, because he couldn't do it in the tent, because it was that low to the ground. That would be stupid. And put two cans in your back pocket and head across the field to the uh, to the to get yourself into Leeds Festival. You get the down to the front just before you get into the pass of security, down your two cards you had, because you can't take your own booze in. No, no, only, sh- only shard booze and plastic cups allowed. Make your way in, 
down to the front of the stage, dressed in a shit tracksuit, and the DJ on before Goldie Looking Chain plays the best song that you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> What's that song? Ah, it's gonna be Rhythm on the Loose, Rhythmology. And then when they're playing it, were your hands in the air or were you screw facing right down? Well, it's very much your hands in the air and dump it for me. It'd be screw face all the way, I think. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, it's 50, I think it's 50 50. We do like a swinger. Right. We do like a swinger, someone who goes from that arms in the air So, if it wasn't that tune playing, what tune really, really makes you pull that screw face and punch the floor? What is it for you? It's been said before, but. It's got to be energy flash. Ah, oh, there you go. Just, just, just the swinging and the fucking front. Just when you hear that bass, you yeah. just kind of know straight away. You do, yeah. It's like the, I don't know. We call it screw face, but I think other parts of the country bass probably face. do call it bass face. Very much bass face. I always call it screw face, but I think it's just because of the tunes, the jungle tunes with yeah. the word screw face in it. Like, so what is it about this tune and about this memory that made you pick this song? As your arms in the air, screw face moment. This tune had been on a, a mix by Smokey Joe that was on Weir FM. Um, and I think it was part of his set that he played at one of the Nocturnals. Right. But he played it on his radio show, I think either the night before or like the week after. And it was one of those tunes where I wish I knew what that tune was and like it eluded your fears. And then years later, um, in Ibiza, we went to see Rat Pack at uh, S Paradise. Right. And it wasn't actually Rat Pack that played this, it was one of the DJs beforehand, but just for a tune that I hadn't heard for so long, and when it came in, just those pianos, it was just like, oh yes, yeah. what a tune. That and then, nostalgic moment. Amazing. And it's such like it's such a beautiful uh, nightclub as well as Paradise. Um, I think everybody kind of was just on the same thing. I think it just kind of lifted the place when this came in. But for a tune that's not very well known or popular, I think that was what kind of sort of surprised people a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then it's, even after that, it eluded me for many years. Still didn't know what the tune was called. So now that I know what it is, it's another tune that I would like to share with the world. <laughs> it's go. a banger. It's a proper sample media tune as well. Probably. It's just built up out of loads of little bits of other records. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first, when I, I wasn't, when I read Benny's list, I wasn't listening to the, the record that we're going to play, I was listening to another remix of it, and I was just like, what's that break? What's that break? What's the fucking... What's that fucking break? Where and is it, it from? Yeah, yeah, and it was fucking for ages, and it literally just found it before, and now it's went out of my head, of course, because I'm a thick cunt. Well, it's because you've got Michael Barrymore in your last search. I did, and it's, uh, it's not it's Some Justice what, uh, by him Shakedown. It's the break from the start of Some Justice, and I was oh, like, I know it. Duh, duh, duh. De, de, de. Yeah. Has anybody picked that before? I don't think so. Ooh, yeah, that's ooh. A, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. It's a good tune, man. Yeah. We'll have to I dig through the old grave of It definitely wasn't my sets. Very old school sets. One of those ones that stays yes. in the bag, eh? Always. What stays in the bag? This tune. Bought yeah, as you say. Bought from the old RPM at the Haymarket. Aye. As you were saying, it's one of those. It's one of those piano tunes that really does bring the whole room together. Like arms up, that tingly feeling all the way back up, oh your back, and fucking someone holding up their pint glass and forgetting they've still got drinks and pouring it on themselves and all of that. All of those class little in rave moments. Like, have you been other than that party? Have you been in another one where it's just lifted? So, uh, 
so many times I can, I can feel like I, I remember the place going up but just specific tunes that don't really stick out that's that it head. sometimes you can't remember where you were but you just remember that feeling it's like yeah. different party moments where you go oh shit I was at this party when, when this got dropped and it fucking lifted the whole place but fuck knows where the party was fuck knows who the headliner was it was just one of those in the moments you know yeah, what I mean definitely. one of those sort of tracks so let's Stop teasing everyone and get the track on for everyone. So for your arms in the air slash screw face moment you've went for. My tune is Rhythm on the Loose Rhythmology. The original mix all the way night of 1992. Oh, it's a marvellous place this recording studio.
Really, there you had it, ladies and gentlemen. Let me know in the comments whether or not that made you fling those arms in the air, it pull it a screw face, and punch towards the floor. As I said, that's Rhythm on a Loose with Rhythmology. Um, uh, and as we said, that came all the way out of 1992, which again was another quality year in rave. Indeed it was. Indeed it was. Section 7 of the On The Wave podcast is the dedication section. So, as a DJ, lots of people will probably ask you, well, have you got this tune? Will you play this tune for me, mate? But we're turning it on its head and we're letting you play a tune for someone out there. So, is there a tune that you'd like to play for someone out there? And do you want to tell well a little bit about it? There is indeed. Um, it's for the missus, for Joanne, who I've been with for 23 years and god fuck me i was at your wedding <laughs> i know fucking that hell was, that was only 15 years ago um, there was eight years we went before that i was gonna thank fuck i was, <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I hope that wasn't 23 fucking years ago jesus <laughs> um and we're sort of this year we're lucky enough to spend three weeks three months in ibiza um I'm guessing lockdown was a whole lot nicer in Ibiza. It was so much nicer. I wish I was still <laughs> locked down in Ibiza. Um, but we've been going to Ibiza for like nearly 20 years, so it's like a big kind of, it's got a massive place in our heart. Um, and a couple of years ago, on the way there, there was a geezer sat behind us and the missus was saying, I'm sure he's a DJ because she's so nosy. And I'm like, everybody in this fight be a DJ, man. Can everybody go to Ibiza is going to be a DJ. But anyway, as they got off, she says, oh, can I get a photo? And um, it turned out it was Patrick Toppin, who I was none the wiser, who he was, didn't recognise him or anything. And when I've looked him up, he's obviously like a huge DJ. Played Makina at that race course I, the, probably the night after Maxie Will Park. Ah, that's right, aye. Um, so I'm not a big fan of him. It's not really my type of music. But he did play a set at uh, Pikes in Ibiza. That's on YouTube. Um, and it's very much a kind of cheesy car boot set which yeah. me and the missus right down your alley yeah love it me and the missus both love it um, and he played this tune so it kind of made sense we've spent three months together this year without killing each other so I think this kind of ties in with it so my tune is Fleetwood Mac and Everywhere going out to Joanne and
there you have it, there is a little bit of Fleetwood Mac. Uh, definitely, definitely the reason that this video hasn't stayed on YouTube very long. We're getting flagged within, yeah. within. I'm guessing, under five minutes. I'd guess 333 because three, three, half is 666. Six, six. So 333. <laughs> three, three, three minutes and 33 seconds, we're getting flagged by YouTube and flung off of somewhere. Yeah, anything that's on fucking Warner Brothers, you're going to get flagged and removed. So luckily you've all hung around and you're either listening on Spotify or somewhere else because we've been copyright struck and the fuck off it. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about Guilty Pleasure. So first, before we go into the track and the artist that you've picked, where do you stand on Guilty Pleasures? Do you think Guilty Pleasures are a thing? Do you acknowledge them? I see the smiling and the shaking of the heads. The so. whole car boot thing should see a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Unless you listen to George Ezra or Metro Radio, they're, they're guilty. They're guilty as fuck. Guilty and sent away. Electric chair for those people. But <laughs> um, no, I've got a very. I'll listen to anything. And like this tune that I've picked kind of goes back to, like I say, what things used to be like in the early 80s where just the weirdest records used to get into the charts, which was a good thing. Yeah. Um, but they've also got a pedigree. I might as well come up. Come forward and say who the artist is it's Chaz and Dave oh rest, um, in, rest in peace obviously. rest in peace well, obviously and yeah. we saw them at Bangface they were on and all, my first Bangface that I went to they were on Sunday afternoon in the main room yeah. looking bemused on a stage yeah. with fucking a few thousand ravers throwing light sticks around around this fucking massive place still have this like really really powerful memory of being tripping my tits off dressed as the devil wearing my I'm a cunt t-shirt and I'm looking at me and shaking his head being like what rabbit, the fuck rabbit, we rabbit, rabbit, <laughs> rabbit, yeah. rabbit, we rabbit, see rabbit. in my head the tune I remember is Dan Tamar guys <laughs> you can forget to Costa Brava and all that palava there's something about Chaz and Dave that I just absolutely something about Cockney Piano Core which is what I'd like like it known as that it's fucking great isn't it yeah so what is it about Chaz and Dave he's smiling from here to here while we're talking about it so what is it about Chaz and Dave that, that, that really gets here that made you pick them for this the um the very underrated musicians the 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 go back like the, the big uh, like session musicians like from the sixties I think they played like some of the like, really big artists from that time, um, and I don't know if you know the story but the the were session musicians on Labby Sifri's record I got uh, Labby Sifri's record I can't even think what the tune's called but it was the tune that was sampled by Eminem um my name is. Right. The so they've got a bit of history, um and just the the production values and stuff like that. The kind of the sort of remembered as like a novelty actor like doing daft kind of cockney knees up and kind of um which I think they were sort of pushed into when they've done like a lot of albums where they do these kind of um traditional kind of cockney songs and that's not really what they're about. They were more like writing their own original pieces kind of in a cockney style you know yeah. like so it, it's going back to like doing things your own way um but i don't know i just i think the tune i'm going to pick's really good rabbit's really good a rabbit, rabbit Gertz is good <laughs> good the kind of weird but it, it, it's a bit like cunt the gang as well the yeah same, the good catchy it's tune. definitely catchy novelty comedy core yeah, type yeah. of thing that's it so, i can i can still remember like Doing the old cockney knees up, swinging your swinging your elbows and spinning in circles while you're doing it. Yeah. And obviously, 
we were in this mental rave setting as well, so it must have been something for them to take in. It was the very first Bang Face weekend. It was the very first Bang Face weekend. Which is actually the place where On The Rave was spawned. Yeah. Because that's when we, oh, wow. we, we, we talked in rhyming couplets. Like because five, five yeah. So you had to say, so you had to go, On The Rave, I'm going, to, I'm going for a jam sandwich. I'm so, biting the ginger. Uh, so just, that would be, we spoke like that for three days. Uh, so, oh, yeah, it's on yeah. the rave. It got called Buckets or Kush. Buckets or Kush. Amazing. It got called Bang Talk, but that's where On the Rave got spawned, as I say. And so when, when we were coming into the podcast, that's where the podcast uh, right. was called. Yeah. Thanks yeah. to Ali. Thanks to Ali, yeah, because he wasn't this alert. Like, Bloody hell, I can, I can remember it now. I can see him sitting on, sit on a fucked. Fucked sofa, I think, because yeah. it was like bottled over then. Buckets are kosh. Yeah. Like, I'm <laughs> going outside. I can still remember bursting into the chalet and being like, Stephen Alliston, you're not asleep. And just <laughs> doing all of the bang talk, which is where, so what are you doing? And he replied, he was like, no, I'm not. What are you doing now? It's like, I'm going on the rave. Like, just, we well, we had like a massive part of Newcastle all talking in bang talk. All talk like this, uh, just all the time. Yeah. That's it, and it just became synonymous with our part of the rave scene. And a big part of that was it was after Chaz and Dave when I went back to the chalet and kicked the door in and we started talking like that, which is just Chaz and Dave on the rave. Yeah, that's there, that's there we it. go. That's it's very easy to fall into. You can you can hear it coming now, can't you? You can see where we all fell into it. Where have you been? I've been to see Chaz and Dave. Um, but yeah, just just memories, and I'm pretty sure there's a video on YouTube from that bang face that, that Ali is. recorded of the down to Margate that I remember um, and for me I hadn't heard a lot of Chaz and Dave but I knew there was Cockney Knees up and I knew it was 3 o'clock on the Sunday and I had to be w- within the right mindset to be able to go yeah. and just fully enjoy it and I came away a fan yeah. a fan of Chaz and Dave and since then I've listened to Chaz and Dave and got more involved in the comedy music like you were talking there's about there's quite a few videos from <laughs> Chaz and Dave bang face weekend there. Oh, yeah, fuck. yeah so there's, there's a lot to troll through I will post some next week before the, the show comes out yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll put a fistful up for yeah. people to dig into and have a look at and stuff like that but I um, played uh, concert uh, Empire a few years ago <laughs> really? and I, I missed it I wish I'd gone now like, but we missed my friend's mum used to work there and she said they turn up and they just look like two old tramps. Yeah, which <laughs> I would have been disappointed if they hadn't yeah. rocked up in the all morning suit going, uh, where's the stage? Yeah. No, no, they had that fucking, that look, the stripey, kind of like dressed like rejects from Rainbow. Stuff. Like, do you remember Rainbow? Kind of dressed yeah. like, yeah. like, like fucking, what is it, Rod Chain and Fred? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Fucking hell, I can't remember I remembered that. Can't believe I remembered that. But yeah, they, they just had that look in their pork pie hats and just, Everything Cockney. Yeah. You'd like to think that the rider was fucking eels or something <laughs> like that. Get some jelly deals. Get some, some jelly deals. What do you want to play with? Jelly deals and some fucking ale. Um, pie, and pie and mash. Pie and mash. Some liquor. <laughs> so, which song is it that you've picked, and why is it this song that you've picked? Uh, the track I've picked is the sideboard song, and it, I don't even know if it was like a big hit, but it seems to be on all the like greatest hits albums and stuff. But there's an absolutely class breakbeat at the start of it, which I kind of feel like it might have influenced um, the rapture for House of Jealous Lovers. Ooh, Possibly not. Ooh, ooh, but, now that you see it, but, oh, I'm going to have to go back and have a second listen. I think it sounds like that. And it, I think it also sounds like um, the start of It Doesn't Matter by the Chemical Brothers. But either way, it's a great breakbeat. And it's a great tune. It's just, no, but who would write a song about 
having your beer on the sideboard these days. <laughs> you, know, you wouldn't get, get it. On, you wouldn't, wouldn't get, get it on Metro. No, I oh, definitely wouldn't get paid on Metro. Stephen Curran's not touching that. No, 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 no yeah. I knee when not even for a jelly deal or some pie mash. Right, so well, let's get some Chaz and Dave on. I don't think have we played Chaz and Dave. Definitely not. No, get in. So here's an on the rave first for everybody um, uh, with loving memories and rest in peace wishes. Um, uh, and, and just are they both dead? One of them is Chaz is Chaz. God bless him. God bless him. God um, bless him. I'm the Queen Mama. <laughs> they do a great job, a lot of them. <laughs> um, uh, so let's get a little bit of Chaz and Dave on. And this is the side. I've lost it. I can't remember. The sideboard song. <laughs> Mama phoned up last night, she was going spare. She was in a tent, I'm pulling it around. Your sister's caught in a scruffy look, he said, Father, don't give a monkey to me. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. I bet you all had a good jig along while you were singing along to that. Like so, my, that was... I'd love to see that my rubbers on the sideboard, but I actually haven't got a sideboard. <laughs> I've got a windowsill. Way there you go. That's the rubbers on the windowsill. I'm gonna be a song, and I'm gonna be number one, <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah. Not that it'll make it into the charts these days. Niche comedy. Not with that George fucking Ezra cutting fucking metal cockpockers. Right, Sam, so we move swiftly on from Guilty Pleasures at the Section 9 of the On The Way podcast, to which is goals. where we talk about goals. Ah, that's a sheep. 
That is definitely a sheep. I don't know what noise it got. It's it's something like that. It's definitely a bee. Something bleaty. Yeah, bleat. Yeah, something bleaty. So goat is the acronym, obviously, for greatest of all time. Unless you're Natalia, who's the boat, the best of all time. But that's just a terrible, terrible gimmick. We'll talk about goats instead. So was this a hard one for you or did the artist jump out straight away? It was hard because I didn't really want to pick... DJs and stuff that people had already picked, so kind of, but there was like a lot of influence as well. So I think I made the right choice in the end. Right. Okay. So uh, before you drop a bomb and tell everyone who it is, what is it about these artists that makes you put them on that pedestal? The first time I heard these play, the first tune I heard of these was actually in the charts, like on the top forty. Sunday night thing where you're kind of listening with your tape ready to go and I didn't when I f- the first tune I heard of theirs I didn't really enjoy it that much it was kind of like I'm sort of interested in this like isn't nice music like I'm not kind of oh this is nice uh-huh. it was just more kind of intrigued it was like more like a masochistic thing where I sort of need to kind of keep listening to this this is different because it's different yeah. yeah Um, just take a while a while to soak yeah and Let it soak in your brain and then you go, actually. Aye. Um, and then kind of, as I've heard more tunes, it was like things like the image and um, just just being different to everybody else. And like I'd heard other like rap music, but this was like just serious and like it had kind of authority to it and stuff. It wasn't kid and play. It wasn't <laughs> kid and play. I'm not dissing kid and play, but it wasn't them like... Um, and, ju- and also the musical thing, like I say, going back to it not being like nice music, some of the things, I'd heard them getting reviewed on like a, um, on a radio show when like one of the new uh, singles had been coming out, and they were like, it just sounds like somebody's left the studio door open and there's like, you can just hear all the noise in the background, like there's tunes where they've sampled like good songs and like, there's like melodies and things, but like some of their songs, it sounds like a chainsaw chord yeah. and that... Definitely appeals to me. That non-polished sound. Yeah. That absolutely. very real and raw sound that you got out of hip-hop that came at this sort of Yeah. Thing. And I think kind of picking them as like a uh, greatest of all time, I think a lot of people would agree with that. They've been sampled so many times on like hip-hop records, GABA records, like loads of like, even like R&B soul records. Even things like the Olympics or the Paralympics. Recently, uh, yeah, used yeah. one of their tunes to yeah. advertise them. Um, at the party, you're, you're pulling a face, honey. Do you not remember? No, I was going to say something inappropriate, but I'm not. <laughs> Good lad, steer away. Hold myself back. Yeah, Hang I'm on. Well. It's funny to me, but it's not funny to everyone else. Um, uh, yeah, so I think you're right, and I think there's something really individual about uh, about the the ensemble as a piece, but particularly the two frontmen. Yeah. Um, they're very much chalk and cheese, aren't they? Very much chalk and cheese, yeah. Yeah, uh, like two side, two sides of the same really wonky coin. Um, so do you want to tell everyone who we're actually talking about, and then we'll go into detail about why you picked this song? Yeah, my greatest of all time is the gods' public enemy. Oh, bangers, bangers, yes. yeah. Chuck D and Flavor Flav. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And I've got a little Flavor Flav story as well because Flavor Flav. There was just something about Flavor Flav when I was younger. I love Flavor Flav. Um, and I listened to Public Enemy for the Flavor Flav bits. They're the bits that I really remembered. And uh, 
went to go and see them, maybe 2006, 2007 maybe, um, uh, when they were playing in Newcastle at the uni, um, up in Northumbria Uni. And I can remember drinking pints of Skittles, remember Skittles? Mm-hmm. Fucking mega, mega pints of Skittles and getting absolutely shit-faced before they played. And at one point in the middle of the set, Flavor Flav like comes down off one side of the stage and he's got a security guard either side of him. He's walking through the crowd, still emceeing. And he was walking straight towards me and I dived to my knees doing my best Wayne's World impression. Doing the whole, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. And he put one hand on my head and leaned forward and said, you're worthy. And in a moment of sheer excitement, I grabbed him around the back of his knees and stood up and started bouncing him up and down in front of this whole fucking crowd. Security guards are looking at us funny. And the one memory that I've actually got is about being like sort of gently patted in the face by his cock in his pants. <laughs> and there's so many people out there that would like pay for that experience of Flavor Flav slapping the... And that's the memory that I've got of Flavor Flav. Later in the night, he threw a dirty, sweaty rag into the crowd and he eyeballed us and threw it towards us. And I wrestled a man to the floor to get that. Uh, and that's just my, my memories of Flavor Flav. I've still got the bruises, Gav. Still got the bruises. There you go. Sorry, like I've always, I've always been a biter. Like sorry for the scars. But uh, yeah, again, and that's that's down to Ali, who we were talking about earlier. Um, uh, my mate Ali, who's big a, up Ali, big up Ali, who's a good lad, and uh, he helped us wrestle. He, got, he sort of grabbed big us. Big up by, Ali. He He's wrestling us. people. <laughs> he grabbed us by the waist and uh, went go 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 go, and we like manoeuvred through the crowd. And I had that rag for years, just a torn up rag that Flavor flavored wiped his head on. So you'd pull out a parties and go flavor flavor wiped himself on this and then threw it in so at a gig at the same gig where he sort of slop that's the best the best version of sound effects you can all picture a young beardless gal getting slapped in the cock by uh slapped in the cock slapped slap in the, the face, face by uh flavor slapped the cock something else that's, yeah. that's my fans so what is it about this tune that made that, that, that sort of encapsulated public enemy for the tune that you've actually picked um, going back to the non-musical thing, you couldn't whistle this tune. It's a really big. It's like one of the most popular tunes that they've done, but it does sound like a chainsaw going in the background. Like, <laughs> it yeah. does, and it's one of those ones that's been heavily sampled. I mean, they are artists who've been sampled so much. Like Flavor Flav's little highlights when he's doing bits and pieces have yeah. appeared in loads of little rave tunes and mixes and stuff like that. So, yeah. It's yep. a banger. Yeah, it is a banger. So I'll tell you what, let's stop rabbiting on about Public Enemy and rabbit, actually put you rabbit, 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 rabbit. Oh, we're going in circles tonight. <laughs> the same way as I work, and it's probably the rum. Yeah. It's probably the rum. So do you want to tell her? That, 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 so ladies and gentlemen, the honorary audience will let you lead them in. So Benny, go on, introduce the child. Benjamin Hell. Benjamin Helvinsky. <laughs> My greatest of all time is Public Enemy. Welcome to the Terror Dome. Yeah, boys! Get 
black attack. So I sack and jab and slap the Mac. Now I'm ready to mic it. Never be a brother like me, go solo. Laser Anastasia Major. Ways to blaze your brain and train ya. The way I'm living, forgiving what I'm giving up. X on the flex, giving now. I don't know about later. As for now, I know how to avoid the paranoid. Man, I'm padded up the hill. Yeah, I wear, got them going in fear. Rhetoric said and red, just a better go. And not quick to go sign the hard rama. What to keep from getting jerked, changing some ways. The way back in the better days. Question what I am, God knows. Culture's coming from the heart. What I got, better get some get on up. Hustler of culture. Snake bitten, bitch bitten the face. But the rhymes keep fitting. Respect's been given. How's your living? Now I can't protect. I paid off defect. Check the record and record. Inattentional wreck. Played off as some intellect. Made the call, took the fall, broke the laws. Not my fault that they're falling off. Known as fair square throughout my years. So I growl at the living cow. Black to the bone, my home is your home. But welcome to the Terror Dome. Learning Virginia, I don't smile in a line of fire, I go wild and run it's on bass and drum 
There you go, a bit of public enemy. That was welcome to the Terror Dome. And bringing the noise? Yeah, absolutely bringing the noise. Absolutely awesome, awesome. And speaking of awesome, awesome, here is your Dave Common, Dave the Rave moment of the week. So Dave's been common as always, Dave. As always, Dave, we appreciate your support. We do, we appreciate, and we appreciate all, all the comments. comments. Keep them um, coming. And the latest Dave Common says, Me, Dave the Rave, number one rave and Northeast legend, old school rave, 90s rave prayer on the rave. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave, for your constant support uh we, lo we love you and please keep doing it uh let's stroll on to the last part of the podcast section 10 is the personal anthem, anthem section so uh again was this one that was hard or did this jump straight this, out yeah this jumped straight out <laughs> right so what is it about this tune that like which makes it your personal anthem this is a tune that another tune that I heard, first heard at Rock Shots. Oh, oh it very, it's very much synonymous with Rock Shots. Oh, this tune, like I think the first night I went there, they played this, and it was just like what? That is just a banger, banger, banger. Just such a stompy tune. So when I finally managed to get my own copy of this, one of the trademarks of my set was mixing the Proclaimers 500 miles over the top, and of it. it still is to this day <laughs> one of the best mixes I've ever heard. <laughs> It's a bit of a party piece. How many years after first hearing it did you finally get a copy of it? Was it one of the ones that you struggled to get a name for? Um, I struggled a bit. I got it about a year later. Right. I remember ordering it off like a mail order company um, and then sending the check back saying, ah, it's, it's out of stock, it's out of stock. And then I remember somebody saying they had a copy in tracks at Newcastle and me going up with two friends purely to get that record, kind of... Um, I would have been gutted if I couldn't have got it that day, so... <laughs> Especially when you've done a specific mission yeah. to all... In all time. this time, how many copies have you went through? Uh, I would say at least five. <laughs> 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 and I've bought numerous different mixes and bootlegs of it as well, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of this tune in. I think it is. I think a lot of people would probably say this was my kind of theme tune. I, I think, think that's the thing with the personal anthem. If someone else would point at it and go... That reminds me of you. Uh, and that's another reason that makes it a personal anthem, you know what I mean? I it's like so. when, when people identify that tune with a person. Absolutely. Yeah. I like to think this I like to think when I walk in the room this is start to play in people's heads. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I get drunk and I know what I'm gonna be. <laughs> also if you've got a link to that mix, you should totally bang a mix up that's got that proclaimers mix. I think that I think the world the world needs it. Yeah. I think the world needs it. We'll bang a link in the comments where someone can find this mix. <laughs> um because it's the sort of thing that everyone needs to put a smile on their faces at the minute, like so It's carbootastic. Carbootastic. <laughs> Are you suffering without there being car boots on at the minute? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm also suffering from the price hike in car boots for records and stuff when I first started buying records oh, for car boots. Doubt. A box charity, like a tenner. Charity shops as well. Charity shops. They just started looking and they know what they do what they have now. You can't go in and buy all their shit for now. There's only yeah. one place to blame for that, mate. 
Discogs. Discogs. <laughs> yes. Discogs is, is, is as much of a blessing as it is a curse because people know or think they know what the record's worth yeah. and they'll totally hike the prices up depending on, oh, but I graded on, I graded on Discogs, man. It's an A++. Look at it. Perfect condition. It's not even a scratch on the cover. But then go and stick it on Discogs and it'll be on there for five years. Yeah. I'm yeah. a person that wants to buy it right now. I'm not paying that price. Yeah. Mind you, I found my best charity shop record find ever this year. Like, um, where I was rooting through, there was like loads of kind of easy listening stuff and all your Mantavani's and Klaus Wunderlich and James Last and all that kind of stuff. But there was like a record with like a one with the afro on it, uh-huh. which would always intrigue us. If it's cheap, I would buy anything with like an afro on. You know, if it's like cool and the guy or something like that, it's going to be good breaks and stuff like that. But as I picked it out and looked on the back, I'm thinking. This is a library record, this, you know, for like, um, what they used to make for like TV studios, if there was like soundtracks or yeah. like a love scene and things like that. Right, right, yeah. Stuff like that. And in recent years, they've become very collectible. Um, so I've got that one home, check on Discogs, 180 quid. <laughs> yeah! Damn, how much did you pay for it? Like 33 pence. <laughs> 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 I, I I've only got 25. Uh, <laughs> that, is, that is a Massive fucking markup. Joanne says you can always tell, like, when if I'm at a car boot sale and I kind of spot something I like, so I'll be looking through the records and she says, You'll see your face, James, and it'll just be, How much are your records like, mate? <laughs> you, she says, You can tell you found something in there. Like, yeah. That moment then, your face lights up because uh, you found that one little nugget of Midas's gold in the middle of fucking everything. I have dreams about stuff like that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Are you one of those ones that relishes digging? Do you like digging? Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think. Because I don't even tend to hang on to records that much now. like, And it's not so much about, like... I, I mean, I love it when I can sell stuff for, like, a little bit of money. Oh, a little bit of profits, never... You, know, you can't complain a little bit of gain like that, like... But um, I think it's a bit like, you know, when people go fishing and they're like, oh, I've caught this fish and then they chuck it back. I think it is more of the chase these days than the actual owning the records. We were talking before, before we were recording about uh, the documentary Scratch. Yeah. And that, just that Nirvana, the... DJ Shadow finds himself so in where we, he's digging through for all the different bits and pieces and that's just the ideal thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. Um, have you ever had, had the twitch when you're in the shop and being like, you got, you got, you got two copies of this somewhere? Like, oh, like absolutely. you talked about. Like. And, and also things where you find things and you're like, well, I don't know what re- this record is, but you kind of, there's something, you can tell this is going to be interesting. I mean, like people say you shouldn't judge a book by the cover, but like records, I think you very much can judge a record by its cover. Like, you can tell by the size of the afro, the multicolored flares. That anything with afros, anything with animals on it. Don't. Um, I mean, I'm not. I've got nothing against buying records with like kind of women in bikinis on for the cover, but they're going to be shit records usually. Like I like when the bands took a picture of themselves, like dressed up in their best leather or whatever, uh, started posing on the front of a cover. Now you know that's gonna. This gonna be gold. Uh, Leaning against the wall that's got an anarchy air sprayed on it or something yeah, like that. Yeah, anything like that. Yeah. 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 I love a bit of a scandalous self-promotion like that. I do. <laughs> yeah. So, get back to the actual tune. So, let's tell everyone what the tune is. The tune is Tribal Church by Joey Inferno. It's an Italian record from 1992 or three, I think. And if you see a banger, if you look a banger in the dictionary, there'll be a... Just it's a picture of Joe Inferno. Whatever he looks like. Whatever, whatever <laughs> he never looks seen like. You've never seen what he looks like nah. face to face. If you look in the dictionary, you'll find one. Right. And Steve Crab. 
<laughs> wearing Steve Cram, Cram. shorts. <laughs> Steve Cram on the phone to Leeds Police. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I hear you all trying to find me. Joe you were nowhere near to catch me than you were two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Even in your prime, you're not getting anywhere near. Four minute mile, fuck off. Uh, sound, well... Thanks for sitting down and talking shite over. It's been lovely. It's for it's our first show back. I know, it's nice to see faces and actually speak to people in the it same is, room likewise. again. Um, just so everyone does know, this is being recorded during the pandemic, but we are socially distanced. Addy, Addy has enough room for everyone to be sitting separately. We all turned up in masks. Well, Addy was already wearing one. I was. You know, but uh, and we all turned up and we're all staying safe and we hope that you're all staying safe out there as well um but since it's the final track do you want to lead it in for everyone yeah stick your dancing shoes on and get on the dance floor this is joey inferno tribal church
return to the podcast. We're back, bitches! <laughs> Ian wasn't lovely sitting down having a big crack with Benny. He's a nice lad. He's a nice lad. He is. He's a, he's, he's, a, he's a good, good lad. And you picked some fucking bang and shoes. Bang and shoes. Oh, hey, you're too fucking kind, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, speaking of bang and shoes. Speaking of bang and shoes, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And we'll end the show the way we always end the show, which is with. Addy's delve into the world of scientific music. So uh, this one's Addy. a sciencey motherfucker, and since we're being uh, it's a little bit softer show, very rabey, a little bit softer, I've went fucking hard. Oh. New hard science, straight for your fucking ear holes. This is QO, computer artist and murky can blockage. Boom bitches. There you can bite the pillow, he's going in fucking dry. Let's crack on with a bit of tunage. My name is Gav. I'm Addy. And we are now officially off the rave.